Hello and welcome Friar Town. Today is May 25th. And we are going to be joined by Big Shot A, AJ Reeves. I am Billy Ritchie, and this is the Friar Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody back to episode 24 of the Friar Podcast. I'm of course your host, Billy Ritchie, joined by Kevin Farahar of FriarBasketball.com. And today, our guest is the man known as Threes. <laughs> From the moment he stepped on the dunk floor, pouring in 29 points on seven of nine from three to winning a bronze medal as a part of the Pan Am Games crew <laughs> and securing the first ever regular season Big East title, it's safe to say that A.J. Reeves has had quite the career in Friartown. A.J., welcome to the Friar Podcast. How you guys doing? Thank you for having me. 100% my man. And we're going to kick it off, as we do on every show, with a very tough question. And that is, what is your favorite Providence restaurant? <laughs> um, favorite Providence restaurant? Um, I mean, this year, me and Jared been going to Capri Seafood a lot. That's probably up there right now. Probably, um, probably one of the better ones just for food wise. And then just for like the atmosphere and just like how chill it is. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's a cool little spot over there on, um, Federal Hill. Yeah. He was telling me about it. My mom's from Federal Hill. So you guys are teaching me something about my own backyard here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That place is pretty good. It it sounds pretty good, and I'll have to give it a try. But as I mentioned, you're from the Boston area originally. You're from Roxbury. And in PC history, it's not been a guarantee that local guys stick around. We'll be Mm -hmm. curious to know, why Providence? Why did you end up deciding to come here way back when? Well, Providence really showed me the most love. If we really want to get down to it, they offered me probably ninth grade year um my ninth grade in high school my second one at Bremer and um at first it was a game that uh you guys remember uh coach Andre LaFoy LaFleur he would he was there he was actually the first one you know to, to to talk to me offer me or whatever then I came up for late night madness this is like 2015 I want to say and um, Coach Cooley had reiterated the um, the offer. So I was like, wow. And then, you know, everything happened with Coach LaFloy or whatever. He went to a different school. So then Coach Blaney had, you know, took over the recruitment for the New England guys. And um, I seen him everywhere. I, I really, I've I seen Coach Blaney everywhere. Every AAU tournament, you know. Every like a lot of these games, I would look in the crowds or whatever at the stands, and I see him over there, just you know, his little head bobbing around and stuff. So, um, nah, the, the love was there from the start, and it didn't change throughout high school. It only, it only got stronger. Instead of one coach coming to the game, now it was two, three. You know, now it's Coach Battle, Coach Thomas pulling up to the game. Now Coach Cooley's in the game. Now I got four or five coaches there watching me play. And then, you know, they even come to practice. 
Now, I don't, Kevin might know that my high school team during my peak years were not many guys. We were pretty bad. We were, we were bad, but we had like six guys and like two guys really, really played basketball. So for them to be coming to like my practices and stuff like that, it just meant the world. So I just felt that family atmosphere, that family that family feeling, you know, from Providence. And it, it just made it easy, you know, just down the road, 45, 50 minutes away. And so my family can come see me play. And it's not that far where it's far enough I can get away, but, you know, if I want to go home, you know, I can go home at any time. So it, it, it was, Providence was the, the right choice for me. AJ, quick follow-up as far as your recruitment. Did it matter to you at the time? Because people were speculating, like, Makai came first and AJ, then David. Would you have committed to PC regardless, or did they actually play any sort of factor for you when you were looking at PC? No, nah, I probably would have committed regardless. It was just that those pieces had been there or had fallen into place after I committed. So it just made it, it just sweetened the deal. But yeah, I definitely probably would, would have committed here with, even without those two two guys, you know, being here. It's, it's crazy to look back on your career. Like the moment you step on the floor, you make such an impact. Freshman scoring record, game winners. You know, I remember, I, so I worked at TD Garden previously and I was in an elevator with the photographer from Slam and he was like, oh man, he's like AJ Reeves from Providence, man. That guy, that guy's got something. Like you, you had a lot of buzz around you even through your freshman year. And, you know, you go through some ups and downs, you have some injuries, you have some different games where, you know, things go um, maybe not your way, but looking back on your whole ride and this season in particular, this past season, how gratifying was it that you stayed? You said it was the right choice and how gratifying was this past season overall? For you? It was a combination of everything. I, um, my province career has been nothing short of, I feel like everything had happened to me, you know, there's a lot of adversity I had to fight through. So for me to, you know, come back and for us to have this season that we did, it was, it was like a payoff. It was like, all right, I made the right choice and everything wasn't, you know, just cause it was, it was for a reason that I came back. We wanted to win a big East championship, you know, tournament or regular season. We wanted to make the tournament. We wanted to go as far as we could. And so the way it, the season played out, I'm just extremely grateful. I was, you know, it, it was, it was times where I got low and I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I see myself here anymore. I'm talking to my parents, I'm talking to uh, my coach Tom in high school. I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I got close last year to, cause I was like, do I, can I put up with another year of this? You know, will things change for me? Is it the system? Is it me? You know, so I had a, a, a big talk with my family, with the coaches, just on what will the senior year look like, you know, in terms of the guys we we're getting and, you know, my play, you know, my role on the team. And so this year, it was a lot of pressure on winning 
everything else comes second to winning. Winning first, because when you win, the buzz, you know, you get more buzz. People like winners. Don't ever, people love winners, you know what I'm saying? So for us to go out how we did, it just was like, this is the cap that I made the right decision, that I did the, the right thing and not, you know, leaving, not leaving something I started, you know, too. And like you said, it's right, right around the way. So, you know, this is a, this is no better time to become a, you know, a legend around here. Trying to do something that nobody's ever done. This is, this is, this is things that legends do. And I feel like everybody on our roster from me to the last guy, we're all legends because we were the first team in Providence history to win a Biggie's regular season championship. There's, there's absolutely no question. And it's really easy for a lot of armchair quarterbacks from the sidelines to say, Oh yeah, I would have made that shot. Like, right, or, right. Or, or something like that, you know, <laughs> you know, so let's talk about specifically how you were balling this, this past year. Right. So you had 24 against Vermont. You had 17 and nine against central Connecticut. You really set the tone with some big threes against UConn and then you get hurt. And then you have the, then, then you have the finger injury. I speak for Friartown when I say this, it's like all of us are like, oh man, this AJ was balling and we're like, we're rooting for you. And then, and then you get hurt. What was the feeling like when that injury came through? Not again. That, that, that's just the first thought. Cause when it happened, I was in the game and uh, I think I, I thought I just jammed it, you know, cause I'm, I'm still playing. I come out, I'm like, yeah, y'all just got to tape it up and then I'll be fine to go back in the game. And on one of the shots, I remember I, I'm coming up, I took a pull-up three, this is the Paul game at the Paul, and my finger clicked. And I was like, whoa. Then I couldn't feel the ball after that. I'm like, okay, this is not normal. So we went to the back, got the x-ray from the doctors over there. And I was like, yeah, you broke it. I'm like, Nah, I didn't. No, no. He's like, yeah, four to six weeks. Then I'm thinking, I just did this. This happened like every year. And so, again, it just, it was like, there was two ways I could have, you know, looked at this. I could have looked at it as well as me, you know, been pouting the whole time, or I could have took this time to grow as a mentally as a player and watch more film be more in tune with the guys around the team you know having my voice heard extremely more and so I, I took the latter option I, I want to be the best team I could be I want to be the best age I could be when I got back from from the injury I you know to to kind of compare freshman year and this year in terms of kind of same thing happened in freshman year I was down freshman year I ain't talked to anybody for probably like a week and a half I had you know me and the trainer were clashing 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 the whole time because I was like he's telling me yeah you you're not ready to get back yet I'm like nah I'm ready I'm ready you know but senior year AJ I took what he was saying uh, and I digested it and it was like, all right whatever we got to do to get me back sooner Sooner rather than later, I'm with it. And so I tried to play the Marquette game the next game. I was like, he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I need to chill out. Because at that point, I couldn't even catch the ball at full speed. I was catching bounce passes. Still trying to be like, yeah, if I could do this, I can play. And they're like, nah, because 
you know, something might happen where your, your fingers, they were like, it's unstable. So if you injure it again, you're going to have to get surgery at this point. Cause I broke it like through this bone right here. And so it was like the way it was, it was wobbly. It, it was bad. So, um, nah, I, I just maturity the second time round was, was big for me and the people who are around me too. I, like I said, there was a, just a difference between freshman year injury and this year where, where my whole mental was different about it. I, I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to be around more people so that I wouldn't think about it all the time. You know, if that, if that makes sense. I want to do the least amount of thinking about it until my time got to, you know, all right, you can suit up again. We worked on it every day. You know, I went in for the treatment. We were trying to bend it every day, just trying to get more motion in it, just so I could dribble the ball. Once I knew I started feeling how to, like I could dribble, I was like, oh, I'm good. Now it's the next step, you know, putting a protective cast around it for a little bit, buddy taping. It was a whole lot of things that went into it that I was just like, I'm for it all. If it helps me get back to the court, let's just do it. So I think just the mental aspect of the injury is what I would say just was different about this time and which helped me a lot. Your mindset showed because you came back and, and, and it was like you, you, you hadn't even left in a sense mm -hmm. because on, on a good team, right? It's never easy to come back to a good team. No. A lot easier to come back to a team and says, hey, we need our, one of our star guys who's been around for a long time. You know, we'll just put them right back in the lineup. You got Jared coming off the bench scoring, you know, 32, 25, 18, 18. Right. So when do you think you were really back, though? Was it the Villanova game? Or, or, or what game did you feel like, all right, we're going to close the season out in a high and I'm, I'm back to being me? Uh, yeah, it is definitely that Nova game. Um, the pink out game. I, I remember because, like, the first – I want to say two or three games before that, when I was coming back for real for again, worked back into the lineup, and, you know, get my minutes right and stuff. I was pressing so much to try to get it all back in like one possession or two. I mean, you can't do that. You know, everybody's around me is like, yeah, you can't do that. It's, it's not going to work. And the good thing about that was I had a great team around me. So that I didn't really, like you said, I didn't need really do anything. I, need, I didn't need to play hero ball. I, I really had the chance to, like, let the game come to me and pick my poison, pick my spots. And so that Nova game, you know, it's Nova. Top 10 matchup at home. I got to show up. I can't, you know. It's just, if, if there was any time to get it going, it was that game. You know what I'm saying? And so – I went into that game just like, I'm trying to kill. I want the W, I'm, I want to kill it. Because that, even though we lost, I, feel, I still feel like we made a statement in that we belong here. Like, we're, we don't just have this ranking, this top 15, top 10 ranking, because we ain't playing nobody. We want a lot of close games, you know? And so that Nova game, I just like, I had to turn it on. and. It felt good. The crowd was behind me. I was making shots. Everybody was competing. It was just fun to be out there. I was really having fun at basketball again. And so 
I thought that's when I just hit the ground running. And from there, I was like, you got to keep going. You can't stop now. So I just wanted to do that until we close out the season and, and try to make this special run. So, AJ, speaking of the end of the season, that I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Creighton game and how kind of fitting that was and how great it must have felt for you personally to play as well as you did, but also as a team. You know, I, I think we haven't touched on yet just what this what made this group so special. But um, just want to get your thoughts on how that felt for you personally, but also how happy you were for your teammates after all you guys had gone through throughout the year. I knew we were going to have a special night from jump. I had texted DJ. I was like, yeah, here's this playlist. You know, play this before the game, get everybody rocking, get everybody juiced up. We knew what we had to do. Um, the night before, we're in the hotel. We're like, so on weekend games, we usually stay at, you know, downtown at the Biltmore. And so we're all in the hotel having dinner. We, we, everybody was like, we want the game to be now. Everybody wanted to play. Everybody was itching, you know, to, to play. And so we knew we were going to win the game uh, before the game was even started. We knew. And so going in, it was funny because that game – I thought I was gonna do. I thought I was gonna do well. I thought I was gonna hit my shots, but to hit seven of them, and you know, leave out how I came in is it was, was kind of like a full circle moment. And so, when once I hit the first one, I was like, yeah, it, "It's wraps." I, I, every time I got it, I was like, "I'm I'm looking to shoot. I'm looking to you know get it up," and it was going in. So. I couldn't do nothing but smile and get back on defense. And, you know, if it comes to me again, shoot it again. And so here's how uh, greedy I am. There was a stretch where you were out for like six or seven minutes in the second half. I was like, get him back out there. I see if you can hit like nine or 10 because you were that hot. I remember being like, uh, the guy squeezing back in there again. But that's one thing about your game, I think that really stood out. And I don't know if this is even something you can explain or it's just kind of how you're wired. But it seemed like once you hit like one or two early, it was just kind of like a deluge, right? Like it was coming. And that was one of those games. Is there anything you can kind of pinpoint that makes you that kind of shooter or player where like once you hit one or two, it seems to kind of take off from there? Oh, uh, I mean, just probably going back to high school. For me in high school, if I didn't score the ball, we weren't winning. We weren't scoring points for at a high clip. So I think I, I just gained that kind of mentality that early, if I if I get him and I see it go in, that's really what it is. I just had to see it go in the basket. Once I seen that, I was comfortable. I was, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm good. We get into the flow for real, for real. And, you know, they just kept feeding me. My teammates kept feeding me. So then they know that when I score, I score in bunches. And so they was like, yeah, keep shooting the air, just keep getting it. And I'm like, keep passing. I'm, I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep getting open. Um, and um, so I, I really I can't say that it's just it's just the way I, I am. You know? It's just the way I hoop. I like to get buckets. I love getting buckets. And so when when it's falling, it's falling. How different was it for you or, or challenging or an adjustment? You know, when you were at Bremer, you had the ball in your hand so much. Like a lot of times at see you'd be like facing up the top of the key and like rocking guys to sleep and pulling up, whereas at PC, it felt like a lot of your offense was off of screens. Like, how big an adjustment was that for you going from high school to, to college? It was it was a big adjustment, to be honest. Just trying to, you know, earlier I talked about playing my role. And for, for us, my role was to make shots. 
each and every type of way. It, it didn't really like, I didn't have to set up the offense as much as I did in high school. And so um, it made it, I don't want to say easier, but adjusting to that was kind of like, because at first I wanted the ball a lot, a lot. I didn't want to change my game for real, but you know, the pieces we had, I'd never had at Brimmer. So it was like, all right, I could do less I, or I, I could do more with doing less. I don't need the rock every time. I don't, you know, and it, at first, my freshman year, when I got back from injury, that's kind of when I really like changed to coming off all those screens, running around, moving around. And um, at first I was like, I don't really like this at all. Like I'm telling Cooley, like, ah, this, this, I don't know if this is me for real. And he was like, trust me, AJ, trust me, you know, you're doing good. Like he was like, your, your percentages are up when you're moving around off the ball like that and coming off the screens. Nobody can really guard you like that. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but there's so much more that I can show. You know what I'm saying? And um, he would just like, I understand that, babe, but like, you got to understand this is college basketball. We play roles, you know, you just can't have the ball every time. And I was like, I understand that. But, you know, it was just a lot of back and forth to say early on. And then when I finally kind of accepted the role, you know, sophomore year and, and moving forward, I was just like, I'm still working on my ball handling and stuff, all that stuff, but I really wanted to excel. I really wanted to master my craft on, you know, moving without the ball. I took pride in that, you know, cutting, trying to get open, trying to get open shots, you know, I, I, it was a pride thing. And so I just went fully into it. And it was like, if this is how they're going to, if this is how I'm going to get my shots and this is how I'm going to get my points or whatever, I need to work out like this so I can, you know, get a feel for it. And so a lot of my workouts was just, sometimes it'd just be all running and shooting. Like I probably would do a couple like dribble moves just to like calm myself down. But the majority of the workouts were, come off this screen, now shoot this, now go off a flare screen right after that. So I'm working out with Coach Thomas. We're probably getting up like at a time and like one like possession, we're probably getting up like five, six shots in a row. And I got to make these in a row just to get used to get my win right, get everything right. So it was definitely, it was definitely hard trying to adjust to mainly flying off screens and stuff like that. But it was fun at the same time because it was just like, Nobody wants to keep, nobody wants to run around like that. They don't, they don't want to chase that. They, they want to, you know, guard for like 10 seconds and then that's it. They don't really want to keep having to run off two flare screens or, you know, two down screens. They don't, it, it's tedious. You know what I'm saying? As a defender, it's like, oh, he's doing all this running. And I'm like, yeah, you know, come on, keep up. You know what I'm saying? You, you're in for a good one today. And I thought that's what made Noah kind of a tough cover too, because the big guys definitely don't want to do it. No. These, you know, Ben Bentel too. Like I remember being like, they're running their power four off the baseline for threes. And I thought that's what made Noah really tough too. But uh, AJ, just transitioning a little bit to the tournament. Um, would love to talk about the South Dakota State game itself, but kind of the lead into that game. Like I, I felt like it was, it must've been kind of aggravating for you guys. Cause it was like more of the same. And, and I think part of it wasn't necessarily a knock on Providence, but the fact that South Dakota state was really good. But I remember like the second that draw came out, either Seth Davis or someone was like, Oh, oh Providence got the Jack rabbits. And <laughs> did you guys take that as a like big insult? But then like, yeah. what did you yeah. see when you're like, what did you start to see when you watch film? Like, okay, these guys are pretty legit. So it's kind of a two part. I question. mean, yeah. Not, none to take away from South Dakota State and what they got going on over there. 
they were a really good team this year. I mean, you got to be good to win 30 games. But we felt so disrespected. <laughs> it was just like, y'all got us losing to them? Who did they play this year? You know, so I'm like, so the whole time we like, nah, we we not losing this game. We, no, we not losing to the Jackrabbits. Sorry, we're going hunting today, you know? And uh, it, <laughs> I just thinking about it just gets me going again. Cause it's like, <laughs> I can tell. It was, we watched so many clips leading up to the, every, all these reporters talk about some, yeah, you know, this is the upset to be, you know, look out for this one. Or it was, I remember one time a dude from Boston was, was in a little um, NBC sports, something like that. They were doing a little show and they was breaking down the game. And he was like, yeah, you know, Providence has been in so many close games this year. They don't really blow teams out. We're winning. One, we're winning the game. What do you talk about? Blow them out. What do you mean to blow them out? We're winning. And then he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going with the three-point shooting team, the Jack Rabbits over. We all like, who are, like, who do they play this year that they going to beat us? And so we took it personal. It was business. It was, it was business. Like, again, we matched up well with them. Like their best player, we got somebody to defend them in Justin, which he did. And the whole team, we all came together and was like, we're not losing this game. I just I, I remember that. Yeah, that NBC. It wasn't just that they predicted them to win, but I think the headline was like, not just Providence stand a chance, but it was along those lines. They were being like, that's a weird way to put that question. Right. Like, we're the four seed for a reason. What do you mean? Do we like what? Uh, we just felt, so, but then the disrespect was there all season. So, right. you know, we just kind of knew that we won another game. We shut them up. So this is one another game. But with the disrespect, it seemed like you guys kind of ignored it, at least publicly throughout, throughout the year. But then like before the Big East tournament, like you in particular, and I think Nate too are pretty vocal about it. Um, did it just get to a point that come March, you were so sick of it that you decided to just address it or yeah it was it was it was a lot that went because we heard you know they're lucky you know they lucky we're in college basketball high major what do you mean lucky you gotta still gotta win those games like are they not a good basketball team now what do you mean we're lucky you know like they're all scholarship players just like us they're recruited for a reason, just like us. Why, what do you mean? We're like, why? Because we beat them. We're just good. And we, we felt so, like, that term lucky was just disrespectful because it was like, there's nothing luck about this. We all put in that work. You know, we've been grinding since the summer. We're not lucky. We're good. And we're showing you guys night in and night out that we're good. And it's still, oh, you know, they're lucky, this, that, and all right, the luck of the Friars. Uh, let's just let's just keep going, I guess. But it it just got to the point where we were like, I'm, we were just tired of hearing it because we've worked so hard, and for for you to be telling us that you know it was luck that we won or no, we deserve this because the work we put in in the summertime, the work we put in the fall, we deserve this, you know. And it, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot this season. It was a lot. I, I didn't think that we would have got that much, that much hate. It was like, they didn't even look at it like, we were a new team. 
we had a lot of new pieces that did not play last year that just came into the, the game, uh, the, the team this summer. We had roles changed from last year. So like for us to do what we did in the short amount of time and to be winners, it was special. And I felt like by them saying we're, we're lucky or, you know, this team didn't have that or this team, not, we played the whole year too without guys. We played probably 10 games without uh, JB. We played like two, three games without Al, played like six games without me. But when the other team, if the other team were to beat us, they wouldn't be saying that, that they were lucky. They'd be like, oh, they got another one over Providence. How are we lucky? We losing. We 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 don't have key guys on our team. How are we lucky? That should make it even better that we're winning. Like it it it, whew, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it was interesting. And, and Bill, I'd love to get your thoughts too. And Bill, I, I got one question on Rich, and then we can go to Kansas to run with that. But I thought what was really surprising is you thought that PC would be one of the feel good stories in the country, like a team that's like traditionally you know, good, but hasn't been this good in a while. You thought it would be the opposite where people would be like kind of getting behind that story a little bit, especially right. with like coach Cooley being so charismatic. You had a group of guys that like the most like inoffensive players. It's not like you guys had someone out there who was like, you know, a hot dog that people could get behind. Um, so that was what was surprising to me. Like I thought that fan, like obviously the fans could, but like the fact that there were, you know, media members that were so, that much of a detractor against a college team and not like you guys are Duke, you know, it's PC. That was really what was surprising to me. It was, it was an emotional year, but we stayed smiling the whole year. We, we, we kept our smile and we kept level-headed. And so we just kept moving. And did you feel like, so once Richmond came, I almost felt like, cause that was there in Buffalo and mm. it felt like almost like there was a weight taken off once you guys beat South Dakota state. Like I just felt like, I, you can almost feel the energy in the building. Like it felt like, okay, PC's kind of settling in here. And it felt like you guys were the better team than Richmond. They were a good team, but you guys played great. Um, but it kind of felt like at that point, like it, all the narratives were done. It was kind of just more about basketball. Is that safe to say? Yeah. And it, it definitely more so for us too, that we got the first game out the way and we just felt more comfortable, you know, playing on that court being in the tournament and again we had like just the next game up we want to be in Chicago we want to be on the 316 and they're in our way so we got to move them out our way and that that's just really that the whole tournament was really just business it was a business trip we 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 stuck up the bed in the Big East tournament and we were just like we just got to come out ready to hoop and we had that little time off so we was like let's just do everything we can to be back on the same page. And I think we showed that in the tournament. Bill, you want to take Kansas? Sure. So Chicago, Illinois, the United Center, mm -hmm. the Sweet 16. You got a great greeting coming out of the hotel. Jared and I were talking about it. That looked pretty lit. Uh, big time. You're probably fired up going into it right there. <laughs> and then you get to the United Center and there's a good amount of Friar fans there. Yeah. I just want to shout out all the Friar fans, you know, that supported us this year. They were great. They had the dunk rocking. They were traveling, you know, game to game, state to state. So, nah, the, the, it, it, it felt like nothing I've ever experienced before. That's what it felt like. It was just the, the, the send off in Chicago. Let me just put it into perspective. I don't know if you were there or who was listening, but we came out from like the second floor, like ballroom type 
down two flights of stairs. Both flights of stairs were packed. And then we went down the hallway, which was probably like, I'm not going to lie, probably like 20, 30 yards up into a long hallway. And that's just packed with people all the way up to the bus. It was like, oh, all this love. It, it just show you right there. It was like, man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just to see that before the game, it was like, we, we got to go do something. You know, all these people, they didn't come out to support nothing. So we, we got to. We got to try to go do this thing and um, transition to, you know, the United Center, Chicago, the place Jordan built. That, that game was just, it's hard to put it in words because that was my last game in a Providence uniform. But to go out on that grand of a stage, to say that you were part of the 16 teams left in the NCAA tournament in 2022, it was just, I don't know, words can't really describe it. We battled, we, we, we battled. I think, did we, I don't know if we took the lead at one point, did we? Took the lead with yeah. just about five minutes to go. And let me tell you, let me, let's go into the, to our huddle, you know what I'm saying, in the game. So we come out, we, we, we're like, all right, it's Kansas, you know, let's see what they're about. And I feel like we matched up well with them uh, across the board. And so at this point, you know, they were doing a do whatever, we come into halftime and we're down. We're like, we got a whole another half of basketball left. We just got to play our game, play basketball the way we know how to play. I, I feel like the whole game, we kind of was let the whole first half kind of let them control it a little bit, you know, the pace, the tempo and all that. But second half, we knew we had to do, we knew we had to get stops. We had to get cherries, which is three stops in a row. And then we had to score on the offensive end. And we did that. And when we took the lead, it wasn't just like the guys on the floor that were energized. It was the guys on the bench, the coaches on the bench, you know, the, the managers. So then that energy, that was just like the first wave. Like that's energy we could really see, you know what I'm saying? And then we get to the crowd and we started feeding off of the crowd. And for us to keep getting stopped, we just kept fighting, kept fighting. I think that was in that game. But like, if I could describe our team in one word, we're fighters, you know, we, we don't, we don't quit. We don't lay down. And it just shows you in that game, we, we came all the way back, you know, to, to, to take the lead, you know, a couple of, you know, mistakes here and there, but in the game of basketball, there's going to be mistakes is going to be that way. And luck wasn't on our side that day. You know what I'm saying? We weren't lucky that day. So, I mean, but the, the experience, it, it was, it was something I'm going to always remember. Like, I'm going to bring up, you know, when I have kids down the road, I'm like, oh, you really want to play basketball? You know, I'm going to pull up some game highlights and be like, are you ready for this? Is this what you're ready for? Is this what you want? You know what I'm saying? And it, it, memories, memories. Gave something Friar fans hadn't had for a very long time. And I'd just be curious to know, when did you think, this team was going to be as special as it, as it ended up being. When we all kind of got to, together as a collective, there was no, like you, all right, let me break it down. Usually sometimes when, you know, transfers come in, it's a, it's a feel out period between the transfers, you know, the, the people who's already there filling out the transfers, but then the transfers filling out the people who's already there. Sometimes it clashes where the transfers want to come in and be big dogs. 
Okay. And then there's sometimes it's the players that are already there want to let the transfers know that we are y'all the big dogs and y'all got to take a back seat. You know what I'm saying? And so none of that happened. We came in, started hooping, started joking. Like we knew Al, Justin, all, like we knew them for a long time. We were like, wow, these, they cool as hell. Like they, they really cool people on the court. So let's see if they are like off the court and they were even better. I'm like, whoa, you know, I don't, it was just like, we felt like we, we knew them, felt like we played with them for so long. And it was just our first time, you know, meeting up, playing, playing with each other. And so we're doing our workouts, whatever. We're really grinding in the summer. And I'm like, oh, we had a chance to be special. And then we played our black and white scrimmage, our inner squad black and white scrimmage. And people from both the teams is going crazy. So I'm like, all right, we got some firepower now. Like, you know, okay. But this is a scrimmage. So we were like, all right. And the scrimmage against our, our own selves. So I was like, all right, take that with a grain of salt. But then we played scrimmage Purdue and a closed scrimmage and we beat them. And we're in the locker room. Like I'm looking around like they preseason top, top five. They just came to our house. We just beat them. They preseason top five. I'm like, whoa. Okay. We got something here. We, we really have something here. And it was like going back to, you know, somebody trying to be big dog, you know, none of that ego stuff was there. A different player or a different, yeah, different player every game kind of, you know, went off or started the, started for us. There wasn't a game where, like, I just, like, it was just, oh, constantly, constantly, oh, he's having big, big numbers every, every game. Every game somebody did something to contribute to our win, you know, Maybe somebody was leading us, leading us in the points or whatever at the end of the day, but somebody got it started on the team. And so I was just like, nah, we're gonna be good. And then, you know, we have our little our our whole schedule. We have it down the line in our in our lockers, you know, with you know, dives, deflections, charges, we have little stars. And so I remember one time, this is before what was our first game? Fairfield was our first real game. I yeah, I think so. Yeah, so for, for, before the Fairfield game, I look at Jared because he's my uh, locker neighbor too. And so he's my roommate and my locker neighbor. So it, it was kind of funny how that worked out. But, and um, he's like, yeah. I mean, honestly, if we go, we looking at the first seven games, we had some, some easier games, but then we had that little tournament. We played Northwestern Virginia. And I was around like seven games. He was like, if we go six and one at this stretch, we could do something that could set us up, you know? And we were like, ah, I was like, yeah, you know, six and one is really doable. And we did it. We, we lost to Virginia, but that was fluke. We don't want to talk about that because there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that not a lot of people know about that game. And so um, we went six and one. And so we come back to the locker room. The next day or whatever, we have practice. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, damn, JB, we just did what we said we had to do. He's like, yeah, you're right. So now he was like, if we can get out the conf- the non-conference, like 10 and 1 or whatever, he was like 9 and 2 at worst, but 10 and 1, that could set us up. And so we was like, all right. So boom, you know, 
we end off non-conference at 10 and one. And we're like, whoa. And now we're like, man, we should be ranked. We should, we should be, we're like, but we can't really think about it. We just gotta keep winning. And um, it was just things like that, that we, we just kept setting little goals throughout the season. And that's when I knew that we were really locked in and that we were really good because no other team I've really been on before. We, we, we never set goals like that. Obviously, you know, everybody sets the big goals, March Madness, get a tourney championship, comp. but nobody, but you don't really hear too much about the smaller day-by-day goals that, you know, people set. And so we set so many of them that we just kept grinding and grinding. When we finally looked up, we're like, oh, we're 16 and one? When? You know? And we're like, true, let's just keep it going. And so I think that's when I knew we were going to be good because the connectiveness that everybody had and the willing to the will to want to win more games and everything was just focused around, hey, we just got to win as many games as we can. Because when, when you win, like I said earlier, the publicity rises. Everything, everybody looks good when you win. If, you know, if some of the guys were having like the numbers we were putting up and we were losing, everybody was like, okay, but they're not winning. They're not beating anybody. And so I think that was our biggest thing, just our connectiveness and our ability and our to to just play team basketball. That's what really helped us. And that's when I knew that we were gonna be good. Just from early on, how everybody was was around everybody. AJ, do you think it was easier to set those short-term goals after going through what you went through last year, like the whole year being canceled? Because for me, like as a as a fan and someone who follows the team. I was really just enjoying it game by game. Like usually you're looking ahead to like, all right, if they go like five, one of this stretch, they could like, for me, I just enjoyed like every game individually. Was that the case for you guys? And do you think that maybe last year kind of played a, a role because you kind of had, not that the season was taken away, but in a sense it kind of was. That's a good question. That um, I think it was, I think, I think it was a little, it was easier to, to worry because, you know, last year, like you saying, COVID, we didn't know that, you know, sometimes our games could have just been taken away because, you know, other team got COVID, whatever. And it wasn't really like this last year, it was kind of like an experiment year with college basketball where we were getting tested like every day, like three times, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so we didn't know that the other team, you know, if they would show up because they, they might have got cold or whatever. But going into this year, it was just like, it was cool because we knew that we were going to get all of our games. I mean, if nobody got COVID or whatever, but it, it, it just felt more solidified that we were going to play these games. And so we just got to get ready for them. And like you said, you know, taking a game by game was big for us. Cause I, at one point, I didn't even know what day of the week it was. None of that. All I knew was we got this game coming up. And so get ready for this game. I didn't, we were just living in the moment. So just taking a quick step back, I'd love to talk about, we talked about your freshman year a little bit. Want to talk about one game your freshman year, then just a question about your sophomore year in general. So um, would love to hear your experience. I think for some people may not know that, you know, where you went to high school, Brimmer in May is basically a stone's throw from BC. Like you could walk there in no time. So I'd imagine that that must've been a cool experience for you having had not just the game tying shot, but you had a big game, like 24 points. And mm-hmm. I imagine you had all sorts of people from, people from Brimmer at that game. We'd love to hear what, what that yeah. was like for you. 
kid. And that game, the whole city came out. Uh, the whole city. So my high school, to put this in perspective, my graduating class is 36 people, was 36 people. And the whole upper school, the whole high school was probably like 200 people. So in the whole school is probably, I don't know, five, six maybe, because it's a K through 12, mind you. And so that later, earlier that day, well, we got to Boston the night before. We had a walkthrough, shoot around. And then we had a little time in between, you know, when we got back from shoot around, we, we had pregame meal. So I actually had study hall, or whatever. Then I, I went to, I went to Bremer to go see my, you know, my teachers and, and everything. And so that I'm walking around the school, everybody's like, yeah, I can't wait for tonight. And I'm like, oh, you're coming? I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. And so I get to the game and I just look, in, like, look over to the section and it's all of Bremer. Like, <laughs> it's everybody. I'm like, whoa. And then I'm looking on the other side and it's like a lot of people like from Boston, you know, family, friends, you know, people I play basketball with my coaches and stuff. I'm like, oh, I got to put on a show. <laughs> I got to put on a show. And so I'm glad you brought this game up. because This is actually one of my favorite games in my PC, you know, career, just because it's funny. Because I remember a second half, close game I'm taken out right and I've been sitting on the bench for probably like eight to ten minutes I don't have no warm-up on I'm like oh it's starting to get cold in here so I throw the warm-up I'm still cheering everybody but I'm like it's cold it's like really cold in here so I was like yeah can I get my warm-up to you know, tell the manager and as soon as I put my warm-up on Cooley's like yeah AJ AJ go in the game I'm like damn I just put it on I'm kind of so I, you know, go in the game. And at that point, I don't think I was doing much. I probably had probably around 10 points or whatever. And then the rest is history. I just shooting, shooting, shooting. And I hit the, 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 the tying shot. I thought they were going to foul us because we, they were up three. Their mistake. Because, you know, they got a sniper. I got their sniper in me, so I'm going to hit that shot. You know, Big Shot A, you know what I'm saying? That's that's when I was born. Big Shot A was born in that moment. But, yeah, that that was – BC game was definitely one of my favorite games, you know, my PC career, just because everything that went into it, the emotion, off the court, you know, family getting to see me play, people who haven't seen me, like – I have family members there who haven't seen me hoop in like years. And they were like, oh, I didn't know you were that good. I'm like, yeah, your boys all right. You know what I'm saying? Your boys all right. And so that game was, that game was something special. And then just your sophomore year, I mean, that midway through the year, it seemed like a broken team. Like I was watching it, like you guys seemed like you were a mess. And then that, you know, it seemed like from the Texas game on, you guys turned a corner. But I guess two questions about that year. Like one, what led to that? kind of it, it must have been some sort of collective collective mind state changing i'd love to hear what led to that changing and then we can kind of transition into what it felt like you know when you guys were playing so well and the season was canceled going into we went to la right yeah we went to anaheim we were in the 
a tournament out there. There was a lot that was just going on. The, the energy was was all over the place. I just it, it was just a lot of mixed. Guys were we weren't really on the same page. We probably had two, three player meetings leading up to that, like player only, where we're just in there going back and forth. You know just open and honest conversation about how do we move how do we progress forward you know through all of this because we we just took a loss to long beach state and <laughs> like who is that yeah and then <laughs> we took a loss to um charleston and so i don't know who do we play first i think we played you played pepperdine in that tournament you guys yeah, we, did play, we we want we beat Pepperdine. Yeah, I can't remember who was first though. Was Pepperdine last? Yeah, pretty Pepperdine sure was Long Beach State was first. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> but it was funny about that game because we were like all on the bench, and I'm like, oh, we're losing the game. We just lost to. Long. This is our reaction. We're like, we just lost to Long Beach State. That's great. And then we go into the little locker room, cool, you know. This is the worst loss that I've ever had in my career as a coach. Every time we have a bad loss, Cooley's going to say that. He's going to work that into there. <laughs> and so, but we felt this one. We were like, Mm-mm. yeah, this, that was, we looked bad out there. We didn't execute down the stretch. We didn't, we didn't do anything that we had practiced and prepared. And so we, we had a player meeting that night, right after the game, got to the hotel. Everybody kind of, you know, we was in, I think, Alpha. We was in Alpha's room because he was captain or whatever, you know. So he's leading it off. You know, talking about what we got to do better. So we like, bet. We're going to do this better. We leave the room. I think the next game is Charleston. I just remember in the scout, Coach Thomas, it was Coach Thomas' scout. And he goes, they had a point guard was really, really good, light-skinned kid. The team goes as he goes. That's what he said. The team goes as he goes. This is the guy. He's the key to everything. So we were like, all right, you know, we got to lock him down. So game comes, and for some reason, we're just like, we're a step behind. Fresh out the start, we're a step behind. So we eventually end up losing that game. Boom, right after that game, another meeting. Now, this meeting is not as civilized as the first one. This meeting is, come on, what are y'all doing? What are we doing out here? You know what I'm saying? We're, we're in there, like, really chopping it up. And so Pepperdine game, we, like, before the game, we're in a huddle. We're going home with a double. We're not going 0-3 out here. You know what I'm saying? And so we – we, we did what we had to do to beat them. And then, like you said, that Texas game, because we had a bad, another bad loss of Florida. We got pummeled by Florida at the Barclays. That was just embarrassing. I was there. Embarrassing. Like, I think I went over 10 or something like that to the point where I'm like, whoa. And, and this, is, this is the beauty of losing like that. It's such an embarrassing, because this beauty in a struggle. We hit rock bottom. We can't go any lower. 
we couldn't go any lower than this. We're, we just lost by 30 on national TV. ESPN, I think the main one, not even two ESPN. So we were like, whoa, long bus ride home. Nobody said anything to anybody. Headphones in, conversation on the phone. So then we have another team meeting. This is like our third team meeting in like that month of December. We probably had like, I, I, I want to say two more team meetings after we left um, LA. And, but this team meeting now was everybody. You got the coaching staff in there. We're not a locker room, coaching staff in there. Everybody's in there, right? And we're talking. And it's just like, what's going on? We're going around the circle. What's your role? Now that, that's, this is what it came to. It was, what's your role and how do you excel at your role? Coolie's asking us. We're going around the circle. He's even talking to the walk-ons. The walk-ons, the red shirts. What are you doing to help Providence College? And so after that meeting, we took everybody took a look in the mirror and we're just like, what can you do? What can we do? So that Texas game, we had, we came out with like, we, we have something to prove. You know what I'm saying? We, we play like we had something to prove. We got that. And then the rest is, you know, it's history. But like you said, um, I don't know if you're going to ask this, but we were playing so well. We probably knocked off like, what, five ranked teams during that run. We were going to win the Big East tournament. We were going to win that. No doubt in my mind. We were going to, we, we showed up to the Big East tournament you know, swinging. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we felt like we was the best in the country at that time because we beat Seton Hall, beat Nova at Nova. You don't, you don't beat Nova at Nova. That's hard. We're doing all this, all this leading up to the Big East tournament. So COVID happens. COVID-19. Like, so we're, there's speculations of it getting shut down. And we're like, we're in the hotel. We ain't shut down. Like, we're not playing no more? What does that mean? So the day of our, our game, I think Creighton and St. John is playing in the, in the in MSG. So we're like, all right, they're playing. So we're good, we're good. We get up, have breakfast, watch a little bit of film, go up to our room. On the way back down, we're on the, we go on the bus. Everybody's on the bus, chilling, waiting to go. Coach Kerbet comes on the bus and it's like, everybody get off the bus. So now it's starting to settle in. Where we going? What's happening? We getting ready for the game. We come sit down. We in the room, sit down for like 10, 15 minutes. So at that point, we're like, it's over. It's got to be. Cooley comes in, tells us the season's done. We're packing up, riding back to prop. And the shock that just ran through everybody. We just worked that hard to turn our season around. We went from, oh, this team has the potential to be good. Oh, no, this team's going to be an NIT. Oh, no, this team's not making the tournament. They're not making a tournament. So now we're on the bubble. Now we're beating, we're knocking off all these ranked teams. And we got ourselves back in the position to receive probably an at-large bid. 
at this point, we're not on the bubble anymore because, you know, we did what we had to do. And then you tell us season is over. Some of the guys had tears. Some of the seniors had tears. And I felt it because for them to go out how they they were hooping. I mean, everybody was, we were all clicking at, it just hit. Everybody started doing what they had to do. Everybody started playing their best version of basketball. And then they were like, here, the season's done. Let me tell you about the ride back. The ride back is another quiet ride. Almost as if we just lost. Nobody's talking to anybody. We get in there, we get to Providence. Everybody takes their stuff off the, off the bus. Cooley's like, yeah, we're gonna have another meeting. So at this point, we're all like, man, we can't do another meeting. Like, Cause when you have a meeting, it's, it's signifying that, yeah, this is done. And so we had a, a goodbye meet. Like he, we're all giving hugs, dapping up the seniors. And the whole time we're all just like, it don't even feel real. We were just there three hours ago in New York getting ready to hoop. And now we're saying goodbye to the. And so it, it was just for the way that that year ended was just hard because we knew we were probably going to make another run. I ain't, we were probably going to go to the Sweet 16, maybe even further. Just the way we were hooping. Like I said, we were going to win the biggest championship. No, nobody wanted to play us. Nobody in the biggies wanted to see us. And we made sure of that because we were just running teams out the gym. It was like we wanted it more. And so we're going to go get it. We want it more than you, and we're going to beat you at what we want. And, and it, it was crazy. I mean, for, as the fans, it just seemed to end so abruptly. But the way that you just put it from inside is that it was a long, drawn-out bus ride back and a meeting, and it was just a lot to handle. And I was – Great to share and great. It's going to be great for the fans to listen, but in terms of coach, right. You brought up coach multiple times of like, you know, having different meetings with him and your transition into the college game of coming off screens. How would you summarize your relationship with Ed Cooley? Me and him have a great relationship. It goes beyond basketball. Oftentimes in college basketball, this is just from what I've heard from other people, you know, how they're how they're coaching or the, how their head coach acts. Sometimes you get a guy who's basketball 24-7. And what I mean by that is on the court, he's basketball. He's just thinking about basketball, basketball, basketball. Then off the court, it's more basketball, basketball. But they're just obsessed with basketball that it's hard to have a relationship with them. But for Coach Cooley, it's so different because he gonna care for you as a person before a player. He coaches us hard, yes. You know, you want your coach to coach us hard. You wanna get coached hard. But when we're done with the basketball stuff, we can joke around with him, you know, laugh, smile, whatever, off the court. He gonna be right with us. You know what I'm saying? We talking, we talking trash or whatever. He gonna be right with us talking trash. And he gonna do that at a high level. You guys know Coach Cooley a talker. You know, he a smooth criminal. And so when he get to talking that trash, it just boom, boom, boom. I remember one time this year, this is a great example. We were on the bus. We were on the, we were on the plane. We were coming back from 
what do we play? I think we're coming back. I think we're coming back from uh it was a flight. I forget who we're coming back from. But we had one of those those planes where like you know how like, they have the tables and they have two seats here and so that we were playing spades, me, Justin, Bryce, and Al. So Coach had came by a couple of times. He saw he was playing spades. So he's like, oh, I got next. A lot of coaches not going to do that. He's like, I got next. So he was like, all right. So it was me and um, me and Al were partners and against Coach Cooley and, uh, and Buck. Now, I just learned how to play spades. I'm still – and then when he came, Coach Cooley came immediately. As soon as he sat down, he started talking trash to us. You know what I'm saying? And it got to the point where, like, he was talking us into making bad decisions with the cards, you know, putting out the wrong suit. Oh, I got you. Oh, yeah, I'm too good for you right now. He really, like, he like, oh, you got that in your hand. I know what you got in your hand. You got to throw it out. You got, I know the deck in and out. You, you got to throw it out. I'm like. And he, he it, it, it just like the way he bonds with us. It's not like a coach. It's just like we're regular people. Like we're not one of his players at this at this point right now. We're just cooling, you know, having fun. And so that's just how the relationship was all the time. It was yes, coach me hard, coach yes. But like when we're off the court, I can really go talk to him on some just normal like pick your brain about who he felt like was the best in the league, or you saw that game last night, what you think, you know what I'm saying? And it was, he was open to doing that. It, it, it wasn't forced. It was, it was easy. It was easy. And that's one of the, that's, a, that's a not also another reason why, you know, I stayed at Providence because of my relationship with Coach Cooley and how I knew what type of person he was, you know, and that just made him an even better coach. Because he, he, when we're in the huddle, you can say something like, you can really, like, talk to him. You can, we'll be in the heat of the game. You know, one of us will probably swear at each other. And it's not like, it's not like coach would be like, you, you can't talk to me like that. You know, he going to hear what we got to say, and he going to respond. It's not like we, it's in the heat of the battle. So, sometimes we, you got he his one of his biggest saying is listen to what's being said and not how it's being said. And so be quick to listen, not to respond. And so that's that's what he was. He was quick to listen. He always listened to you know his players and what the players felt like because he's like, You're out there, you gotta tell me what's going on. And so that's how it was for for. And I think also a, another point that kind of like harps on that is when we were at Butler, at Butler, you know. I think Jared called a timeout with like 15 minutes left. And you can see Coach Cooley on the other side. He's away from the huddle. Not a lot of coaches are going to do that, have a player led, you know, in such a crucial moment like that. That just shows, like, you know, the trust he has in us and the type of coach he is at you. Y'all, you guys are playing, so you guys know more than me what needs to be done. You, you mentioned how Big Shot A came in, 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 into existence at – Boston College but we've seen you so many times just come up big when we needed you most and 
again, it's easy to say that from the sidelines that you can do stuff like that, but it's another thing to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from in your game and who you are as a person? By nature, I'm a confident guy. I think I walk the lines of cocky, confident really well. I don't really stray over to the cocky side. I, I, I try to stay on the confident side. And so that comes out in me when I'm hooping. Like, I want, I want to hit that big shot. I want the ball. You need a bucket. I, I want the ball. Because I just – all that work I've put in, I know I, I'm going to knock it down. Every, every one of those times that he's called my number for a big shot or whatever, I've told him, like, a player or two before, get me the ball. I'm going to make something happen right here. And so that's just the type of person I am. I, I'm confident. And so I believe in the work that I put in, and I believe that the work is going to show. In those moments, it showed. So, AJ, just kind of following up really quickly, did – because Coach Cooley talked all year about how you guys were, like, such an easy team to coach. Mm -hmm. Did that allow him to almost, like, change in any way as far as, like, you know – I I don't know. It did – was he able to kind of, like, trust you guys a little bit more than he did did in previous teams that you were with? And how did that change kind of his coaching style this year? Um, Well, as you guys know, Coach is big on seniors, like, He's big on older guys because we've been through it. We've, we've had that game experience. We, we know what it is to be in a war. And so I think we started five seniors this year. I was like, I was only real senior than four other um, graduate seniors. And so he knew that we knew what we had to do. He put us in the position to, to play our games and, and be who we are. I think that's just – that's the biggest change he he made from previous years, in my opinion, is letting us be who we are. Letting us – but, yeah, I had some – okay. I, he talked to me in the middle of the season. He was like, yeah, I think that these are the type shots you should really be getting more so than, you know – dribbling up, taking two, a hard, you know, contested three or whatever. He's like, I feel like you can make this shot when you do, like, your footwork is like that. We're breaking it down. We're looking at it. Like, you know, when you come off the screen this way, you you make it money, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so he allowed for us to be aggressive the whole time. He didn't want anybody being timid. He just wanted us to play basketball and play hard. And so I feel like a lot of the time he just let us go. Now, sometimes he he, he is going to say something to you, but as a mature player, you just got to be, I understand, coach, and then, you know, go do it. If if he was – if we worked on that type of shot or what we worked on, we were doing it in the game. Everybody who – all the shots you saw this year – all the tricky layers Al had, all the tricky finishes JB had, you know, all of those type of buckets that you've seen put together by us, we've worked on that. We've repped that a thousand times. And he's seen that. He was in the gym with us. And so that so when we're doing it in the game, he has that kind of that ease that we can do it. And that puts that takes a lot off of our plate and our, off of our shoulders because it's like, all right, well, now we have a head coach who believes in what we can do, but not only believes in it, believes in it in a high level that 
when we go out and do it, he's not surprised. It's like, all right. Like he, he, he would tell me, like, Xavier game, I came off one of the screens, I think it was an and one three I had. He's screaming at me behind me, shoot the ball. He shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. He's screaming at me to shoot it. You know what I'm saying? You don't really get that all the time. And so, like, that's just – he just wants us to go. He just wants us to go, go, go. You know, if, we, if, we, if we're doing what we got to do on the defensive end, on the offensive end, we can do what we, what we feel comfortable doing. And that's – if we got this type of move or we had a, a mismatch, you know, go, attack that, you know. And so it, it, it was cool. That's just – in terms of, like that, – that's just how he coached us this year. It was, and it was fun. It was really fun to play. All right, we're going to end with the first-time game here on the Friar Podcast. We're going to play a game of word association with some former Friars and coaches and people within your circle. Are you, right. you, re- you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> first thing that comes to mind. Okay, I'm going to do mine first. Khalif Young. Ooh. Defender. Rebounder. How many words can I do? Just one word or kind of a couple? Do a sentence. <laughs> uh, yeah. Khalif was a monster. <laughs> Khalif was, but people don't know, he's so light on his feet. So he moves like a really guard. He really moves like a guard. He just big, you know what I'm saying? It's monster, just flat out monster. That's what I'm going to go with Khalif, monster. Isaiah Jackson. 44. 44 blessed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, um, Zay Jack. Oh, he, he was one of the guys, actually, when I first came to Prague, he took me under his wing. He showed me the ropes, you know, and I'm forever grateful of that. Um, but nah, poised at all times, poised at all times. He did not let anything, you know, bother him get to him. He was just trying to play basketball the right way. Emmett Holt. Mm, man. Banger. Before Emmett had his um, his surgery, Emmett was actually one of my favorite prof players. I, I remember watching him hoop, and I was like, "This kid, he's nice. He he's really really." Good. I remember one time he banged on somebody. Bad. I think it was Seton Hall. He banged on. Ugh, it was nasty. And then he had one play when he, we were playing against Butler. He was talking trash to the, to uh, Tyler Weidman. And he blocked it. He was like, yeah, this is my house. You know, you, you can't come. I'm like, oh, this is what we doing here? This is so, yeah. Leader. Leader. Emmett Hope, leader. Luan Pipkins. Pitt. Pitt. Now, that's the biggest trash talker I've ever been around. Pitt going, what? Pitt. He'll trash talk a trash talker in a minute. He'll trash talk a baby if he got to. <laughs> that's, that's just it. He gonna trash talk a baby, Pip, big time. When I tell you, like, mm, he, the three, the the one eighty that he had, our my sophomore year, he was one of the reasons why we we were doing what we were doing, because he just he started hooping at the right time, and that took so much pressure off of all the other players that we we'd be open, you know, get open shots or you know open drives, Pip. He is the definition of a trash talker. That's what I'm going with. The definition of, if you look up in the dictionary, trash talk, you're going to see Pitt picture right next to it. Noah Horkler. 
thrower. He, ooh, flamethrower. Noah is just a, a Florida dude who be hooping. He got long hair. He got the flow. You know what I'm saying? And he, he got a clip on him. He, I can't even. No, Noah is just. He he he's one of them. He when when he's one of them, one of those dudes that you you just put him out there. He gonna do his game never changes. He he gonna have the same type of game, and he gonna be playing until he about forty or whatever. He gonna be like fifty in the men's league torching them, cause his game is so simple. And but people don't know Noah is really really bouncy. I done see him catch. Some bodies, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so Noah's that guy. And lastly for me, Andrew Fonts. Fonts. <laughs> Fonts is probably consistently the most vocal guy on the team. You always hear Fonts. And he's always ready to play. Whenever Cooley throws him in, he's always ready to play. And he began a little bucket, too. Y'all seen the sidestep at Butler. And y'all seen him little boy, bro, at Creighton for a bucket. Hey, I always said this. Fonz could have played D1 if he didn't want to come to Providence College and be a walk-on. He could have played D1. All right, AJ, I got about five or six more here for you. How about Ed Croswell? Cheese. <laughs> Cheese. Nah, I've never seen anybody rebound how he rebounds. The closest person is probably Khalif on just how he rebounds the ball. His motor, his motor, his his ability to defend. Cheap. Yeah. Ed, Ed is a bruiser. I'm gonna say that. He that's what comes to my mind. Bruiser. <laughs> how about Jared Bynum? I'm just gonna shake my head. Yeah. Yeah. Killer. As killer. How about how about David Duke? Woo, my boy. Now, nah, Duke is Duke is a combination of a lot of just sheer willpower. Like trying to guard him in the transition is so hard because he's so fast, but he's so strong at the same time. So he's getting by, he can go around you and he can go through you. And he got that rise. Duke, Duke is he's the Duke. He's the Duke. <laughs> All right, let's go with a former teammate slash opponent, Colin Gillespie the goods i hate to say it but man colin is playing being able to play against him all my four years was special just because you knew that he was going to compete against you every game and he'd be talking that cash too he'd be talking a lot of trash so definitely playing against him was really really fun he, he he's a winner he's a winner for right, sure. two, more, two more for you how about uh, Tom Nelson? For those who don't know, your high school coach, your AU coach. Hey. <laughs> Tom, nah, Tom, Tom, really great guy, all through and through. He's really authentic, and if he, when he hears this, just know that you'll never beat me in a game of shooting, ever. He he gonna he 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 one of those guys I think because he was teaching me how to shoot that he always gonna be better than me. Nah. The pupil has surpassed the master. <laughs> All right, then let's let's end with Nate Watson. I don't think I've ever seen a big man 
as strong, but as that has like that good touch, like Nate. I didn't see Nate hit a hook from damn near 15 feet away. But then I also seen Nate rise up and just collect bodies, like people just hanging on to him as he's going to dunk the ball. That's a that's like another bruiser. He comes from the same line, like shrimp-wise of Khalif, Ed, you know, but man, he's gifted. That's what I'm gonna say. That's my word, gifted. He's gifted. AJ, we can't thank you enough for taking the time. The way I'm always gonna remember you, you come into games, you'd be jumping up and down, getting, you know, getting all ready for the game, but always smiling and laughing too, like mm-hmm. enjoying the moment some really clutch shots, being a huge part of our culture and making Friartown what it is today. We're really excited for you. I'm really excited for you to start that next chapter um, in your pro career. And we're just excited to continue to root for you as as you continue to play basketball at the next level. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And that's a wrap. Go Friars. Go Friars. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode 24 of the Friar Podcast. And of course, a special thank you to our guest, Big Shot A, AJ Reeves. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Friar Podcast. Please subscribe and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts as well as SoundCloud if you enjoy our content. And as always, go Friars. Go Friars.